and welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that formed and transformed them. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and this week on This Song, we'll hear from Lisa Cayende Diaz of eBay. But before we get started, I want to ask that if you enjoy this podcast, then please head over to iTunes and leave a rating or review because ratings and reviews, they're like the gift that keeps on giving. They help people find this podcast and they make everyone who makes this song feel really awesome. So thank you in advance. Now to Lisa from eBay. The band is made up of Lisa and her twin sister, Naomi. In fact, Ibei means twins in Yoruban, and they've been releasing music since 2015. Their first record is called Ibei. They make music that draws from everywhere, like traditional Yoruban music, Cuban music, electronic music, hip-hop. They, they're not bound by any genre, and the topics they deal with range from the deeply personal to the deeply spiritual. And at the heart of everything are Naomi and Lisa's voices, which blend and harmonize in that way that only sisters' voices can. I first heard about eBay during the South by Southwest of 2015. They came to play the South by Southwest show at the Four Seasons that KUTX, the radio station where we make this podcast, puts on. And I wasn't there. But the people who were, well, it seemed like their performance was all anyone talked about around KUTX for like a while. And I heard the recording and it's gorgeous and It was so unlike anything I'd been hearing at the time. It totally captivated me. They recently released their second record, Ash, in September of last year. And it's gorgeous and personal and heartbreaking and uplifting all at the same time. And they have been on tour and like will be on tour for what seems like forever. They came through Austin the week between playing the two weekends of Coachella. And I'd actually planned on talking to both Naomi and Lisa But Naomi lost her voice due to all the dust at Coachella. And yes, they did see Beyonce's history-making performance as the first Black woman to headline Coachella. We'll hear a little bit about Beyonce later because there isn't a baby Beyonce connection. Anyway, I wasn't able to talk to Naomi, but I did have the most lovely conversation with Lisa, who told me about a song she heard when she first started singing that showed her what it really meant to sing. So I was in a summer camp, and it was um, a musical summer camp. And it was the summer I realized that something was happening when I was singing on stage. Like people were looking at me in a different way, and I felt different, and I felt stronger, and I felt like myself, like I had found myself. Someone told me, do you know that song, I Put a Spell on You by Nina Simone? It would be nice to like play it and sing it. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to listen to it. So they put me in a little room and gave me headphones. And I heard it for the first time sitting on the floor. And it changed my life. I put a spell on you. Cause you're mine. I, I understood every single word she said, and I, I felt every single word she said. And, uh, and musically, it was, it was mind-blowing. 
everything about it. And the funny part is now I'm I'm old enough to analyze why. But at that time I didn't know that much about music. It was just about feeling. And uh yeah, it was like this huge wave of emotion. Yeah, yeah. I put a spell on you. Because you're mine. Up to that point, I always thought I wanted to be like the mermaid Ariel. Mm-hmm. Is it like that? Are you crying yeah, yeah, in yeah. English? Yeah. a really like high voice and that floats and and listening to her made me realize unconsciously but really deeply that um I didn't need to have this perfect type of voice I think what is incredible about Nina Simone's voice is that it's unique it's strange it's really her it's deeply her it's unapologetic it's um it's not meant to be pretty it's meant to be organic and strong and her and uh as a singer well I was a baby singer but as a baby singer it was incredible because it was not about the voice I It's also about believing in every word that comes out of your mouth. Because what was wonderful is just after listening to the song, I had to sing it. Um, because they were asking me to then. That, that was the reason I was hearing the song. So I, feeling that all of that emotion, listening to her and to that version that was so perfect and then having to sing it and to find my own voice and to find my own way to sing it and to realize that the most important thing was the words I was saying and the feelings I was putting in and in those words and being in that moment of just spelling it out, that was pretty powerful. I think another thing that I understood listening to that song was repetition, was the strength of repetition. Um, in the song she says, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you anyhow. And she says it so much and, and just by saying it right now and I'm not even on stage I can feel it the more she was saying it the more I was feeling it and the first time I heard that I was in a state of it was almost like being high you know um, repetition has been one of the keys to our music come to your river I will come to your river I will come to your river Is that something you consciously think about when yeah. you write? Um, actually, no, it's not conscious. <laughs> but um, yes, I think unconsciously it's there. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Because I realized it's like every time you repeat, you go deeper. 
and people get it even more. And uh, it's trance. You know, and, and every single mu- like trance music, you have that those loops. I, I, yeah, I, I think I'm obsessed with them. You know, one of my other favorite songs all time um, are songs that are <laughs> one sentence and they're just repeated and you add voices and you add voices and you add voices and you add voices and you add voices. And those are songs I, I love. We started the album with a song like that. So it's called I Carried This For Years and I repeat that and we add and we add and we add and we add. You were at music camp at 15. You were just kind of figuring out how to how to be a singer and, and what you wanted to do. Were you had you started writing music then, or w- was that going to be something that came later? I'm trying to remember. I don't know if it was just before or just after, but it was definitely that moment, mm-hmm. that shifting moment. Yes, definitely. And um. Was it something, was that understanding of like being, of meaning every word that you say, of like carrying emotion through Mm -hmm. music, was that something that you were able to kind of take with you as you started into your musical journey? Yeah, it was quite immediate actually. I I, am, because the first song I wrote was a love song and um, I was, it was really emotional it was really emotional and I I, uh, I directly understood that music was a way for me to feel better and to put all my emotions out. And so because I was doing it for me and just for me, I never thought I would I was going to be a musician, really. I, it was not in my plans at all. Uh, so writing was for me, singing was for me and, and, and it would heal. I felt like it was healing me and it was helping me cope with, with everything I was feeling. So yeah, I, I, it was almost immediate. Like music and, and, and feelings were always linked. But it sounds like in the beginning it was, it was a more, like it was almost like a closed circuit for you. Like because you didn't have the intention of quote unquote being a musician or yeah. performing in front of people it like it served a purpose for oh yeah for you yeah yeah I think th- th- that's the funny thing is um, and it's still it is still like that um, I write for myself first whatever happens whatever happens And I always said to my sister, we never know how long eBay will last, I'm touching wood, but we never know really. And if one day 
it stops and we have to do something else, uh, I'll still be writing forever. That's that's just my. It became my way to heal myself. It became my way my way to my own way to um, feel better and and to live my life. So yeah, I don't think that will ever change. And has music did it also when you started doing a project with your sister? I mean, I've read in some interviews that it. It almost was a way to heal the relationship with your sister. Yes, it was. Yeah, that was actually wonderful. I always said to uh, to my sister, I I know you since before we were born, but I've met you doing music with you. Wow. I've met her doing music. I realized that I was not seeing her really. She was my twin, she was next to me and, and we loved each other to pieces but we were so different and we were not interacting that much really. Uh, and suddenly when we started b- doing music we were just seeing each other. Welcome to my earth It's a crying shame We have built a Lisa told me that she had started writing music for herself, but I wondered, now that Ibei had released two records and are constantly touring, where her relationship with the music was centered. Actually, I think it depends of of the moments in your life because at the start when we start when I started writing and we started writing uh, we were 14 so the lives were not even like a, like an option um, and it really started in my room and, and, and it started as a really intimate moment with myself uh, and then it became an intimate moment with my sister and then it became a moment of creation in the studio and then it became alive. And the funny part is when I wrote uh, with Nene this album, actually we had the live in our heads. We, we knew we were going to play this album live so we could hear people's reaction while writing it, while writing the songs. And, uh, and so at that moment, the live had, uh, had every like, how can I say that? Like the genesis of everything that yeah, you did was it, to was we are going to perform this exactly in front of people. It had yeah, it was it was the reason of everything. Um, so I think it depends. It really feed. I think the live really feeds the creativity and created really feeds the live. It's like a relationship. I used to think I would hate the studio, and I absolutely loved it like nothing else and then i used to think oh, i probably am gonna hate the stage uh as much like head playing as much but actually i don't i i love it and and i love being on stage every night so it's it's really funny it's two places where i feel that i am really present and happy genuinely happy and i was going to ask that question about because getting to a place night after night where you can be authentic, where you can be open, where you can kind of be like Nina Simone, which is like very there. Do you have any ways that you get your that you get yourself there? Well, again, and she told me that concentrating on the words you're saying, 
on the words you're saying, every single word being the word you're saying. And uh, she had the ability to go there so fast. It's a lot harder for me and I'm learning uh, because sometimes, you know, you get... You, you get distracted. You're like, oh, I didn't sing that note that well. And then you're not thinking about what you're saying because your brain is somewhere else. And so it's, a, it's that dance. I'm learning that dance to go back to my concentration. But there's moments of pure magic where you're so concentrated, concentrated on what you're saying that you're gone. Oh, you're so present. You know, I, it's, we always discuss that with Nene. Because one day she said, when I'm on stage, it feels like I'm floating and I'm out of space. And I said, yeah, I get it. But I think it's the opposite. When we are on stage, we are so in the ground, you know, and those are moments of pure magic. And I think they're the same thing. I mean, I think when you get those moments where you're so there that you lose you lose a sense of time and space, you yeah. lose a sense of yourself. Yeah. And you feel like so connected not only just to the people you're playing with and to the audience but just to like the universe I think yeah. that's like all the same thing and that's a that's a space that like it's pure magic and yeah. actually the audience can feel it because they are part of it yeah in those moments we are all just together it's fantastic it is This is Transmission from eBay's second record, Ash. And I told you, that was a lovely conversation, right? eBay is heading to Europe now, but never fear, they are coming back to the United States to play Afropunk this summer and a tour opening for David Byrne in August. A lot of those shows are actually sold out, but there are some tickets available, and I will post a link to those dates on the show notes page for this episode, along with a link to eBay's new record, Ash, because you know you want to hear more eBay. We'll also have a Spotify playlist there so you can hear all the songs we've referenced in this episode all the way through. And if you want to hear other artists talk about Nina Simone, including me, because her version of I Got It Bad and That Ain't Good is like one of my this songs, then you should go check out the episodes we did with Kelsey Wilson of Wild Child and Beth Ditto. You can find those episodes at ktx.org or in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I did tell you that there was a Beyonce eBay connection. Beyonce was an early supporter of the band, and she asked Lisa and Naomi to be in Lemonade. Like, they are in the visual album. And I was inspired by my colleague, Delia Jones, who produces the podcast To and Fro, because she always asks guests how they feel about Beyonce. So I asked Lisa how it felt to be connected to Beyonce and to her most ambitious work. Lemonade. Loads of people discovered us. Yeah. Discovered us through her and then she invited us for Lemonade and yeah, it's quite incredible to be part of that moment because that album was I am an artist and I'm talking about issues that are dear to my heart and important and I made it up to here and now that I have a voice and every and everybody's attention. I'm gonna make it count. And that is incredibly brave. 
an incredibly strong and empowering and uh, she is um, honoring black culture and and uh, talking about really important issues and I think it's wonderful really it's wonderful freedom, freedom, If you want to hear more about Beyonce and Lemonade, then you'll definitely want to hear the latest episode of To and Fro, that podcast that is produced by my colleague Delia Jones. They just released an episode that celebrates the two-year anniversary of Lemonade. It's great! And you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. That's To and Fro, T-W-O and Fro. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of This Song. This Song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced by Art Levy and me, Elizabeth McQueen. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern. Aaron Waltz is our social media intern. And thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And it's true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.